The views expressed by the hosts are their own and does not imply an endorsement of any entity they represent. Will you just flip it? Hey Gallows and welcome to the seventh episode of Just Flip It. I'm Ewan and back with me is Patrick. Hi, how you doing? Good. Today's episode is a special episode because it's a listener-created episode. First off, uh, we I would like to thank the person that was the very first follower, and that person's name is Kerry, the very first person that gave us a shout-out to tell us that he loved the content uh, was a bloke named Adrian. He's a front-lift driver from Sydney, and since then we have received praise from Facebook page that we're on. Uh, from people named John and Mark. Yeah, there's. I think there's been quite a few more, but these are the these are the first guys to really jump up and say something. So you know, um, I think we should say at this point that thank you to everyone um, that's been listening and has also let us know whether they know us personally or um, otherwise. That's um, taken the time to reach out to us. It's really appreciated. We sort of we didn't know when we jumped into this, did we? If uh, we'd even get anybody bother to listen to us no and when we when we were discussing the podcast i kind of did a little bit different to what everyone did i read a couple of articles where they're like you have multiple episodes release them all at the same time and then you get the feel like people have got content that they want to listen to they like it or they don't like it and then you move on from there where a lot of people just go and release an episode and then don't follow it up with anything and then they're like, oh, am I doing the right thing? So we might not have done the right thing, but I believe we did. We are now getting shout-outs from people, which is we ap- we absolutely love. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's always good to, um, to get that feedback. I think it's like anything you do in life when you... Um get some positive feedback and and some thanks for what you do. It's always appreciated. Yeah, so this episode, uh, it was also developed from a gentleman named Andrew who wanted us to try and find obscure laws that not everyone knows about but we can let people know about so they don't get fined. Yeah. So first off, Patrick, how was your week? Yeah, not too bad. I'm starting to get into the swing of my... um my new run, um, although I found out um, there's there's a, there's a unicorn that works at uh, at my employer, Ewan. I have heard about this unicorn. <laughs> so I got a phone call today, uh, sorry, today, um, this week, um, letting me know that my run was going to be changing. And this uh, particular person that rang me, their entire job is basically to reroute and to optimise runs um they are going to be in contact with me the whole time to sort of make sure that everything's working out correctly um just basically to keep up the same sort of hours that I'm doing but to make it more efficient as in you know the amount of lifts per hour um but yeah the the idea that there's someone there that their entire job is just to do that is pretty uh pretty far out yeah, you rang me the other day and you're like, oh my God, there's a unicorn, there's a unicorn. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And you're like, there's a bloke who's employed and his only job is to is to 
make our routes better. And I'm like, what do you mean? And you explained it to me and it's just like, yeah, a business has a bloke who they've employed and his whole job is is to maximise the runs and save the save the business money. That's right, but also to consult with the driver rather than just doing it behind the scenes. Oh, you don't need to consult the driver. It's just you do no, it. that's right. Yeah, you do it our way or that's it. Go find <laughs> another job. So my week, uh, my week was a bit uneventful, just usual picking up bins. Um, I didn't didn't have a stalker following me. Hopefully that's over and done with, which I'm <laughs> going to be happy if it is. Uh, the only thing is yesterday I decided to uh, referee my son's, my six-year-old son's soccer team, and I can tell you what, I do not have enough martial arts training to referee six-year-olds. No, I think uh, I think probably gymnastics would be better, wouldn't it? Having to jump all over the place to catch them. Oh, there was there was punches getting thrown left, right, and centre. Um, yeah, I was yelling at him. To oh, it was just chaos. It was absolute I'd like to, chaos. I'd like to point out to any of our listeners who may be of a uh, Italian, Greek, or uh, or other. I, I can say it because I'm Swiss Italian or other uh, wog base. He is wearing the inappropriate attire. He's wearing plain tracksuit pants instead of Adidas tracksuit pants. <laughs> I would like to point out that any listeners who are from that particular ethnic background need to send him an email and maybe a voucher for the Adidas store. But it was it, Adidas is just too expensive. Like Lowe's, you go to Lowe's, you go to the big the big what is it the big gentleman catalog. You just buy your tracky dacks, ten bucks, fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. That's it. I've even I'm even wearing me special ones today with the stripe down the side for you. But they're not Adidas, are they? They're from the big and tall department. Uh no, these ones are actually Cougar, so that's better. <laughs> isn't that isn't that what you're supposed to have for a wife? <laughs> uh, no, isn't a Cougar when you leave your wife and you need to have some fun? So moving on to the moving on to the topic of the day. First off, we need to let everyone know that we are not lawyers, and this is just our interpretation of what we could find. So what it is is, as I mentioned before, Andrew, uh, a, a gentleman we know, he came. There, there was a couple of things where we've been hearing about people getting fined lately, and there's a lot of stuff out there that just don't know about um there's i've spent the last two days on the n nvhr website looking for stuff on garbage trucks and there's absolutely nothing uh very very weird um so i've i've tried to find most of, or hopefully i've found some stuff that's relevant and people are interested in so the first stuff I have found is the meaning of a heavy vehicle. For the purpose of this law, a heavy vehicle, a vehicle is a heavy vehicle if the GMV or ATM of more than four ton. What's ATM? I don't know. All G- I was going to say is it's a heavy vehicle if I'm driving it. <laughs> 
Uh, also, the purpose of this law, combination that includes a vehicle with a GVM or ATM of more than 4.5 is a heavy vehicle. However, rolling stock is not a heavy vehicle for the purpose of this law. Uh, I deleted that bit. Rolling stock is something about um, vehicles that run on train tracks like trams and stuff like that. Uh, meaning of a fatigue-related heavy vehicle, which I think we fall under. Purpose of this law, heavy vehicle is a fatigue-related heavy vehicle if it is any of the following. A motor vehicle with a GMV, GVM of more than 12 tonne, a combination of more than 12 tonne, a fatigue-related bus. However, subject to subsection 3, a heavy vehicle is not fatigue related heavy vehicle for the purpose of this law if it is any of the following motor vehicle that is built being modified to operate primarily as a machine or implement off-road or road related area uh, so, so i need to stop you there yep. so that means that if we all take our trucks to like uh opposite lock or somewhere <laughs> like that and get it made to look like one of these fuck off Ranges that will never go off road that we can be exempt from all these laws. <laughs> what, what about that's what you're telling me? What about if we modify them like they do overseas with all the lights and the and the fucking colors and all that? Um, what is it in India or somewhere like that? We would it be classed if we modify them like that? Maybe. Um. Like- it's my fully sick garbage truck, bro. So the real the examples are a agricultural machine, backhoe, bulldozer, excavator, forklift, front end loader, grader, motor vehicle registered under an Australian road law as a special purpose vehicle. Well, technically, I mean the side loader is a special purpose <laughs> vehicle because it's got two steering wheels. I'm already reading. I'm already reading the next one. <laughs> a motorhome. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you put a bed in the back. Does that make it a motorhome? Ah, uh, there is a. There was a bit about a sleeper. That there's something about. There's a sleeper in there. Uh, for the purpose of this law, a truck or a combination, including a truck that a machine or implemented attached to it, is a fatigue-related heavy vehicle. Uh, if the GMV of the truck or combination with the attached machine or implement is more than 12 tonne and whether or not the truck or combination has been built or modified primarily to operate as a machine or implement off-road on a road-related or an area off-road that is under construction. And that's um, trucks with drill rigs on them. Um, I don't know. I was, I've been watching YouTube today because I've been... So busy, um, maybe trucks with snow plows. Uh, that'd be classed as an articulation. Um, yeah, so that's all I could think about with that. Next one, a this one, I couldn't. It seems to have changed since the last time I've last time I've looked at it. So I'll read. Oh, it. I knew about. I knew about this one. Yeah, it was slightly different from the last time I, I looked it up, but I'll read it exactly how it was. A person in or on a motor vehicle is exempt from wearing a seatbelt if the person is engaged in door-to-door delivery or collection of goods 
or in the collection of waste of go or in the collection of waste or garbage and is required to get in and out of the vehicle or on or off the vehicle at a frequent intervals and B, the vehicle is not travelling over 25 kilometres an hour. So the, the reality with that is that is predominantly more for the the guys doing like, and not the, not the way that you do them, but, you know, the guys on rear lift doing inner city and doing, um, you know, like litter bins and stuff like that. Because the reality is most of us are going to find it very difficult to argue that we're going less than 25 kilometres an hour between our jobs. Um, yeah, the last I one that I... There's f- some people out there that might go that slow, but yeah. The last one that I found with that, I like it's been probably 12 months, two years since I looked up the law, is there was a 80 kilometres an hour uh, clause in there as well for rural road. It was something like... Um, it was actually more. It was 45 kilometres an hour or 80 kilometres an hour in rural areas. Mm-hmm. Um, and my interpretation's always been, while you're picking up, the cops aren't going to bother you. Um, but say with side loaders, uh, front loaders obviously different because you's, you's aren't collection collecting in a row. If you are picking up a run, say, in George Street and then you need to travel, say, three streets away to finish off somewhere where you didn't pack out, technically you're supposed to jump back into the right side, drive there, then jump back into the left, which yeah. none of us do. Um, that's my interpretation. As I said, I'm not a lawyer. Um, I haven't been booked. I've never been questioned by the police. Um, RTA is a bit different. Uh, a purse. The other, the other relevant thing, though, to mention here is it still depends on what your company says. Um, you know, we're not giving people this information so that they can go, ha, you know, you told us something wrong. At the end of the day, your company also has the ability to put rules on you. So don't, um, you know, the... the the law and your company's regulations are not the same thing. When you uh, signed up to your company, you also signed up to their rules as well. Yeah, because the last company I worked for, they had a strict seatbelt rule policy and they were, they, they were always jumping up and down about seatbelts. Uh, there was many, many arguments about, the, about people not wanting to use seatbelts. I always use my seatbelt. I don't feel comfortable. Um, that comes back from the mines because when you're in a dozer, you get into very particular spots where you're standing on the windscreen going down a hill and the seatbelt's the only thing that's stopping you from face planting into the windscreen. Yeah. So another, a person is exempt from wearing a seatbelt if the person is a passenger in or on a police or emergency vehicle. <laughs> If the vehicle <laughs> if the vehicle has two or more row of seats, the person is not in the front row of seats or there is not a seating position available for the person in another row of seats, or if the vehicle is a police vehicle and, he, and has a caged or other secured area designed for carriage of passengers, the, passen- the person occupies a seating position in that area. In uh, other words, if you're going home in the back of a divvy van, you don't need to wear a seatbelt. And I always wondered that. I'm just like, how is it that they can just chuck you in the back of the divvy van and not 
put like not make you wear a seatbelt. Like you watch American uh, cop shows and they they throw them in there and then they while they're handcuffed, they put the seatbelt on them and we just like get in the back like a dog. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I have this sort of theory that if you're in the back of there, that the seatbelt's probably the last of your worries. Because <laughs> most of them are trying to kick the shit out of it to get out. Uh, the other one that I thought was really interested, if a truck or bus has a sleeper compartment, a two-up driver of the truck or bus is exempt from wearing a seatbelt while he or she occupies the sleeper compartment for rest purposes. Uh, yeah, well, I suppose they're just hoping that, you know, that the other person is going to be doing the right thing and that they're not going to need to wear a seatbelt. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've never done heavy haulage. I've never done long distance, and I always wondered that. Like, I'm just like, I wonder if you can be in the sleeper department compartment, and according to the law, you can. So the next one, uh, about noise from coming from a garbage collection. Uh I'll put this out there because of the non-garbage listeners. Uh, <laughs> being a garbage truck driver, we really don't give a shit about your complaints, but I'll put it in there anyway. Uh, times allocated. Garbage collection is considered an essential service and as such is not subject to any specific legislated time restrictions. I call a little bit of bullshit on this one. Um, only because I think that this has to do with council discretion. Um, you know, uh, my last job, we had numerous, numerous time curfews uh, where we had previously received uh, infringement notices. Um, I think the thing is, you know, I know um, the listeners can't read further on, but but I can. But I, I still think at the end of the day that this is probably one of the most contentious things ever is that we should be able to access this at any time. Yeah. And the reason being is I, I, I apologise for those people who aren't early birds, but if we could start at midnight and finish at like 11 o'clock every day, um, yeah, I'm not talking for residential, but I'm talking about on the commercial side of things here we would have so much less exposure to all the things that either A, are safety concerns, or B, are, you know, traffic and, you know, futile services and everything like that. Um, the, the thing that amuses me is when you look at these places that do have time curfews is you go, okay, well, that shopping centre, school, you know, whatever it happens to be, the odds that that, that that facility was there before these people moved into their house is extremely high. Yeah. Um, if people build near any of these places that, that have a high-volume waste collection and they want to complain about the noise, it's kind of like building a house within a kilometre of a landfill and complaining about the smell. You, you, you're, you're fucked in the head. It's that simple. Yeah, there's... I've seen it multiple times on Facebook. There is Parramatta Road in Sydney, I think, with the latest contract. I don't know the correct answers, but I think before they used to be able to get in there at 4 o'clock and it's now like 6.30, 7 o'clock, and it is yeah. just beyond dangerous. And going back to this article, 
Garbage collection is usually scheduled when street traffic is low because this enables work to be completed safely, efficiently and with the least disruption disruption to traffic. Garbage trucks stopping frequently on roads with high traffic volumes can cause danger to both motorists and the garbage collectors. Early morning collection times are used because because of traffic flows and ambient temperatures are relatively low. If you... I know you are on a lot of the American garbage sites, Patrick, where New York City, am I correct? They pick up, what, they start at like 9, 10 o'clock at night and they're yeah, out of there they, at 3, 4 o'clock in the morning? The, they run through the evening into the early morning because, again, it's that whole thing, especially, you know, and there's no it's no real difference comparing, you know, New York to Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane. It, it, it's It's still the same thing. The reality is that, if you can do it while there's less people around, the performance as well as the safety aspect is going to be better. Yeah. Most of the complaints coming from a truck. Uh, <laughs> uh, I love it when you. I love it when you blokes on the front ladies and you get the shits and you smash the bins down just to shit stir people. But well, that's that's what happens when if you didn't have a curfew and you used to sneak in with your lights off and you used to be really quiet. I can tell you now, if you change that to 7 o'clock, that bin is going to have, you're going to be slamming your foot flat to the floor with the accelerator. You're going to be smashing that bin so hard to get those last few fucking Kleenexes out of there. (laughs) And then you're going to be putting that bin down so hard. Oh, fuck, I need to do it a couple of times because I didn't quite empty it right. People don't realize that the, the problems that they cause and... The thing is, no one really goes in there with the intention of doing it as loudly as possible. You know, we're, we're not stupid. At the end of the day, it's going to affect us. And so if you if you need to be quiet or if you think you need to be quiet, we'll try and be as quiet as we can. And the reality is we're literally gone in and out within two to three minutes. Yeah. You know, these sites where there's, there's usually time curfew issues aren't multiple bin sites. They're single bin sites. Yeah, and... The thing about it too is most of the complaints is from the reverse beeper, which reverse beeping or an equivalent warning system is compulsory under the Occupational Health and Safety Regulations. So everyone gets the shits about the garbage truck being noisy and the the reverse alarm's there, but the reverse alarm's there for a reason. There's plenty of people getting run over and killed by garbage trucks. Doesn't stop people walking behind you anyway. (laughs) So, for the people who aren't in the waste industry, complaints about noise from garbage collection, what you should do. If you're experiencing excess noise from garbage collection, is it important to identify where the disturbance is coming from? Report noise from residential garbage collection to your local council. If the excess noise is coming from garbage collections associated with your commercial premise, you can discuss the issue with the business concerned and let them know how you are being affected. If this is or, not resolved... Or how about you forget all of that and just get fucked? <laughs> uh, if this is not resolved, then you can refer your complaint to the local council to investigate. Who Bef- also should be referring you to my point, get fucked. <laughs> but... Before reporting, when reporting excessive noise from garbage trucks, it's helpful that you can provide the following details. Name and address of the premises, 
name of the waste management company, the garbage truck vehicle registration number, date and time of the incident, what the council can do. Most (laughs) Most councils use contractors to provide their domestic garbage collection service. Councils can minimise the disruption to residents through proper planning and the inclusion of best management practices in their contract. Councils that have their own collection service should also be implementing these practices. Businesses should use contractors for commercial garbage collections and council can also require these businesses and their contracts to employ best management practices. For examples of best managed practices... Setting appropriate times for collection, relocating where the collection occurs, building noise barriers for the collection area if one is in place, using up-to-the-date equipment which uses quieter technology such as low-noise bin lifters, maintaining garbage trucks to minimise or limit noise from the exhaust and squeaky brakes, educating drivers and collectors to be employee <laughs> to employ quiet work practices. Bang! Well, <clears throat> I don't know if you've heard one of these quiet electric trucks. They aren't fucking quiet one bit. They're, I reckon they're uh, heaps louder than the standard motor because they've got this really high-pitched, annoying wing like wine it's just yeah uh, it does my head in i think that's just that's all a pipe dream virtually everything that's in there is just basically bullshit (laughs) another thing i found so when you are collecting waste stopping in a bicycle lane bus lane tram lane tramway transit lane truck lane or on tram tracks a waste collection vehicle can stop as long as they're participating in waste collection. So I would like to point out that this is fantastic. That means that we should all be stopping in bike lanes <laughs> all the time. <laughs> when you got to go up on the up on the gutter to get to them, and and, and the boys, the boys that are doing uh, rear lift, don't worry about wheeling the bins out. Carry it out one bag at a time. Yeah. <laughs> just to help the passage of those cyclists. Yeah. Another one that I found uh, that we are exempt from is making our motor vehicle secure. This rule applies to the driver of a motor vehicle who stops and leaves the vehicle on a road except so far as the driver is exempt from this rule under another law of this jurisdiction. Probably should have wrote this better. Before leaving the vehicle, yes. the vehicle, the driver must apply the parking brake effectively or if weather conditions would prevent the effective operation of the parking brake, effectively restrain the motor vehicle's movement in another way. Restrain the vehicle. Stay. <laughs> don't move. Stay there. Uh, if a driver will be over three metres from the closest part of the vehicle, the driver must switch off the engine before leaving the vehicle. Uh if the driver will be over three metres of the closest part of the vehicle and there is no one left in the vehicle or there is a child or children under the age of 16 left in the vehicle, the driver must remove the ignition key before leaving the vehicle. We are exempt from that according to... What, what, what about what about just on another, t- on another note for this one, what about if your car doesn't have a key? Well, you need to take your screwdriver with you. 
I didn't say if it was in Broadmeadows. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever you use to start your car, you have to remove it from the vehicle. And there's... I always wondered about this because, uh, actually, another shout-out to a listener. Uh, I hope he's a listener. He is on Facebook. Um, he jumped out of his vehicle a couple of weeks ago and to get a service. I don't know if it was a blue dot or if it was a park bin or whatever. And he comes back to a meth head in his truck. <laughs> You're talking about Caden? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. They thought, see, they thought he was driving his buses. <laughs> uh, so the last one that I could find and. The only reason I brought this up is because uh, people that I know actually got uh, booked for this. Warning triangles. By law of any vehicle or combination with a GMV greater than 12 tonne must be equipped with at least three portable warning triangles. However, this is widely accepted as best practice for all trucks over 4.5 GMV to utilise triangles. The warning triangles must be used in a situation where the vehicle has stopped, has broken down or the load has fallen on the road. I didn't know about that one. A rule of thumb is to place the triangles twice the posted speed limit in metres in front of the front and behind the truck in addition to the one triangle placed beside the vehicle. For example, 120 metres ahead and behind of your work site on roads that are 60, 160 metres if it's an 80-kilometre zone and 200 metres ahead if it's a 100-kilometre zone. And the situation with that is, uh, the, I think it was the police, I don't think it was the RT, I don't think it was the RMS, they pulled over a truck driver that I know, uh, where's your books, climbed into the truck, no triangles, and I think it was 100 and... $116 fine or something you had to pay? My dog ate the triangles. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't work. Anyway, so moving on. So we've already touched it, but I think we'll do the wanker of the week. So wanker of the week is the meth head that jumped into Caden's truck. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't have been surprised that if uh, Caden didn't manage to get him out that he would have had a wank in the truck. Oh, imagine that. Going and getting a bin, coming back, and you got this no. meth head fucking in your truck. Like, I think I rang no. you up and you, you were training that day and I'll make case. How would you, how would you um, lure him out of your truck with a bag of sugar? <laughs> just, keep, just keep that little clear, clear bag of uh, fucking sugar or salt in the truck for such occasion. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the go is there, you know, Yeah, I'm not a very intimidating-looking person. and Well, actually, Caden's not either. And um, I don't know the best way that you you deal with that, but, hey, you know, um, it's it's one of those things, I think, that, you know, and at the end of the day, if you're in a Dennis Eagle, the chances of um, of both of your doors locking successfully is uh, about, you know, the same as winning the lottery. So it's not really that, that much of a surprise that it happened, to be honest. Yeah. So I hope you all enjoyed the episode today. Uh, we would, yeah, we thought it would be a good one to do a bit of a feedback from people that are listening to us and try to create a user content episode. 
Let us know on Instagram or email us at justflipit at gmail.com. Let us know how we go. Give us a wanker of the week. Give us a legend of the week. And we'll talk to you next episode. Have a good one.